Hey, welcome into the Pastor Doug Talks About podcast. I'm here with Pastor Doug. Pastor Doug, thanks for joining me today. Well, it's nice to be back on the Pastor Doug podcast. I feel like I'm a guest in studio. It's pretty yeah, exciting. It's, it was, you know, breath of fresh air without you. But, um, <laughs> I'm sure it was. It, it was weird when people opened the podcast and they're like, this isn't Pastor Doug. So, you know, it's nice to have you back, uh, though it was nice having Nick last week. But this week, actually, we wanted to talk a little bit more about the sermon series you're preaching on. Right now, you are preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, and we'll get into that specifically in a little bit more detail later. But right now, I just kind of want to ask you, how do you actually go about picking your sermon series each week? Or maybe not a series, you know, sometimes you do standalone. So what what goes into that decision making, really? Yeah. And for the most part, it's not an each week thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, at my best, I'm, I'm a year in advance planning out uh, where I'm going and what I'm preaching through. And I usually know about a year in advance, the two or three things or four or five things I'm going to be doing that year. Uh, I don't always get as far out in advance as I would like to, but then some of these series are longer. So I'm, uh, when it comes to what I'm going to preach, I almost always preach in series now and then usually at the end of a series before another one starts, I'll throw in two or three things that I've just been on my heart or I feel like need to be addressed or those kind of things. But, uh, for the most part, I'm either preaching through a book either verse by verse or overview wise. Hopefully the Bible, right? Yeah. A book of the Bible. Okay. Or I'm preaching through a topical series. Um, I don't know how much we want to get into this, but this is actually one of those things that uh, different pastors have different views on, different churches have different views on. Should you always preach through books of the Bible, verse by verse, covering every verse? Or can you preach topically and try to address what does the Bible teach on certain topics and put together a topical series? I tend to do both of those things. The The argument against doing topical preaching is it's really easy for it to be unbiblical. Mm-hmm. It's really easy for you to just get on your horse and start talking about the things that interest you or that you have uh, something to say about. And a lot of times... It comes across as if you're teaching the word of God because you got a Bible in your hand, you're referred to a couple of verses and you're a preacher in a pulpit. So it seems authoritative, but a lot of times it's not uh, contextually biblical. It's not teaching that what the word is teaching. I think you can teach topically, but you have to teach topically in a way that is absolutely faithful to the scripture. So if I'm going to cover topics and we're going to bounce around from one verse to another, we need to make sure we're not taking any of those verses out of context. We need to make sure that we're explaining the context of of what's being said and all that kind of stuff, because it's pretty easy to to proof text whatever you want to teach on. So I do both uh, topical and uh, book studies. In this case, the Sermon on the Mount is not a full book study. Matthew is 28 chapters. The Sermon on the Mount is three of those chapters, but it sort of stands alone very well as a verse-by-verse biblical sermon. Uh, recently, I did the life of David. I did not cover every verse in First and Second uh, Samuel, but... I did sort of an overview approach. I did the same thing with the book of Acts. Didn't cover every verse, but did an overview to cover it all. In this case, we're going to go verse by verse through the Sermon on the Mount because every single verse is really profound and needed to understand what's being said. 
So obviously, as if you've been to this church for any amount of time, there's or really any church, you know, certain times of the year you could preach on certain things, right? Like December. December brings Christmas stuff. I'd say a lot of churches probably dive into the Christmassy theme sermons, messages during December. Um, you know, coming up on Easter, Good Friday, all that stuff. So there's there's some obvious bookmarks of oh, I should probably talk about this or dive in a little bit, right? Um, now during these these maybe months of you know you're saying you've planned out things for maybe a year in advance or so. Um, how do you get inspired to say Sermon on the Mount is the one like that's that's where we're going to be diving into as opposed to like we just got out of, you know, David's life. Like, how do you determine what inspires you to go one direction over another? Let's say that's an excellent question. Um, the 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 most spiritually profound answer I can give is that there is not a what that inspires me. There is a who that inspires me. And and that's actually true. I the Holy Spirit inspires and guides and directs and prompts, but I don't hear a voice from heaven. And so I have to make choices. And a lot of it just has to do with what is the Lord laying on my heart? What am I learning in my own life? What am I studying in my own quiet times? Those kinds of things. A lot of times it has to do with, you know, what what is going on in society, in the culture? And does the are there sections of scripture that address those issues that I feel like people really need to hear from? And, and then other times, to be honest, it's quite practical. I'm trying to give people a balanced, full picture of scripture. So I don't want to preach all New Testament. I don't want to preach only uh, the book of Revelation. I don't want to preach only the Proverbs or Psalms or something like that. I want to make sure that people are getting a balance between historical books and the uh, various different genres, the gospels, the Paul's letters, the other letters of the New Testament. And, and so a lot of it has to do with trying to give over the years a balance so that if you attended Grace Fellowship for, say, five to ten years and came every Sunday, you would get a, a very good dose of the general teaching of Scripture across the board. So it, it's a combination of going with what I feel like the Lord is inspiring me to do and then also um, just trying to keep that overall big picture balance together. Okay. So do you, when you choose to do, let's say a standalone sermon, right? There's, there's been many times over the years where there's not a necessarily series we're diving into, but just a topic and you preach on that or a group of verses. Um, where did those usually come from inspirationally? Almost always, uh, from what the Lord's doing in my heart. Uh, one of the things that I try to do that I hope other pastors try to do as well is, uh, pray for the church to, to do that, you need to be fairly aware what's going on with the people in this church. What are the things that people are dealing with? Has, has there been a lot of disappointment? Uh, is there a lot of grieving going on? Are, are people asking certain questions? Uh, is there a weakness? Do we, do we notice, for example, that people have, have the wrong ideas in their mind about what worship is. It might be good to have a, a series on worship. Um, are, are people, are there a lot of new people who maybe are new to the faith and need some grounding and some very simple direction that's from scripture. So a lot of it really just has to do with awareness and the Lord will put stuff on my heart and I'll think, man, I'm ready to preach on this 
but then I'll have four more weeks in my series coming up and it doesn't make sense to stop there. So I'll wait till I'm done. And usually in between series is a great time. And a lot of times in between series is also time when we have a guest speaker or, and I always want to leave it up to them to preach what the Lord's putting on their hearts. So, uh, it really varies, but, uh, the, the, the key for me is I need to be a person who's always in the word personally. I don't want to be preaching the stuff I learned 20 years ago that I haven't thought about since. Mm. I want to be in God's word, letting his word speak to me. And so my own quiet times are a huge feeding trough where I'm feeding on the word of God and trying to get it into my heart so that uh, he has access to just prompt me and say, hey, that stuff you were learning in First Timothy, now's a good time to teach on that. Now, do you ever take requests? Like, have you ever gotten a request for a sermon on by someone saying, hey, love to hear more about uh, what the Bible says about money and then just been like, you know what? Like, might be a good time to do that. Have you ever, do you remember ever taking a request? Well, just a short answer to that question is the Bible says, give more money to Grace Fellowship. <laughs> That's pretty much what it says. Yeah. You can, you gotta, it's in the living like, translation, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you gotta it's look it up. It's the new Grace Fellowship translation. Right, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that's funny. I I do get requests sometimes. Uh, just this week, I got a request uh, from somebody who was asking something about end times uh, prophecy. And I will say, that's the most common request I get. Hmm. We should do something from the book of Revelation or something about end times. And listen, um, you, if you've been in this church for 20 years, you've never heard me preach a series on end times prophecy. It is not because end times prophecy is not important. Hmm. It's very, very important. Uh, but when it comes to end times prophecy, uh, without getting too far into the weeds here, the reason that I rarely teach on it, despite the fact that that seems to be the most common thing that people are asking for, is number one, I believe that most end times prophecy is not given for us to have clear understanding of today. I think it's given for us to have clear understanding when it happens. So a great example of that is, is Psalm 22 is an absolute perfect description of the crucifixion of Christ. But no one knew that until Christ was crucified. And nor did that seem to be what God wanted at the time. Exactly. So David was writing in very flowery language about the struggles he was going through. And I don't think he knew that he was speaking prophetically about the cross. It wasn't until the cross took place that people could go, wow, look, God told us this a thousand years ago. And I really believe that much of end times prophecy, much of the details of end times prophecy is meant to be understood by the people who are there when it happens to corroborate God's power to give the message. Yeah. Well, so, as as the person who creates all the uh, artwork, I would actually really love a Revelations end times <laughs> prophecy challenge, yeah. but I can see where exciting. that might be a little challenging for you. Yeah. So, uh, I, but I do get sometimes requests and I, and I welcome that because again, I want to, I want to be aware of what the congregation is thinking about asking for in, in need of, and I want to respond to that. Um, but it's very rare that I can respond as quickly as the person would like me to respond. Right. So yeah. they have a question in January when I just started a series on the Sermon on the Mount, I'm not going to, if, even if I drop the rest of my year's plan, it'll be may before i get to that right mm -hmm. and by then it's not as uh, pertinent to their their mind at the time so um 
I appreciate the, uh, the the requests, but they rarely get responded to right away in a sermon. They yeah. can get responded to other ways. Yeah, I was going to say, thankfully, we have this forum now. We can probably respond to some of that stuff going forward. And I'm going to try and set up a way people can start asking questions and we can get to some of that stuff on, on these podcasts. Um, but my apologies in advance to you who now is probably going to get a bunch of questions to them like hey can you preach on this can you preach on that so my bad maybe that was probably a poor question to ask but hey we're here for you guys so um so let's talk a little bit more about um why specifically you chose the sermon on the mount obviously like you mentioned like if the spirit's putting it on your heart that's awesome understandable i know it's you can't exactly explain that perfectly sometimes, but was there anything that kind of led you up to, Hey, the sermon on the Mount is something that grace fellowship needs to hear in 2024. And I want to be preaching on it. Yeah. It was actually rather shocking for me to realize once I started giving it serious thought that I have not preached on preached through the sermon on the Mount since 1992. Yeah. I saw you working in your office for, and you had your old notes out and I was like, how old are those papers? You're like, well, the first time I preached was early 90s. So I was like, yeah, they look like they're about to fall apart. Yeah, that's right. Back in those days, we used to use paper. Anyway, uh, so I and I literally haven't preached through the whole sermon since then. But the thing is, the Sermon on the Mount is so central to Christian faith and doctrine that I'm constantly talking about it yeah. in other sermons. So uh, the verse by verse approach I haven't done in 30 years, but uh, but I am referring to it all the time. And that gets back to your original question, which is why preach on this? Uh, I think that clearly the Bible is the most influential thing in Western culture. Now, of course, that influence is fading fast. We all are aware of that. But the shaping of Western culture, if you study Western civilization, even in a secular college, they're going to recommend that you understand that the Bible has influenced so much of how Western civilization has developed. But the Sermon on the Mount is the center of the message. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's nothing that has influenced our culture and needs to be revisited because the way the culture is fading. So I see uh, a secular a secularization of our society right now that concerns me. I think it should concern all of us. We'll be talking this coming Sunday about the fact that we are called to be the salt of the earth and we are called to be the light of the world. So when I start talking about the secularization of American culture, I point the finger completely at the church. It, the, the, the fault is with us. We were the ones given the responsibility to be light in the darkness. We shouldn't be shocked by the darkness. But that being said, as the, the culture gets further and further away from God and further and further away from God's truth, so much is being taught to people that they don't have a filter through which to analyze. And what I think Jesus was trying to do in his day, and I think it's just as applicable today, is that the Sermon on the Mount creates for us a filter through which we consider everything that we're hearing and seeing. So I really want us to become very familiar with the, I mean, these, there are things most uh, people who don't read the Bible have no idea or even in the Sermon on the Mount, like the golden rule, it's the Sermon on the Mount um, and, and so much more. So I just think that 
for us to get back to basics and go, let's get grounded in actually a biblical worldview. I really think that the most, that the place you can get the most, um, say focused view of a biblical worldview is those three chapters in Matthew five, six, and seven, where Jesus preaches the sermon on the Mount. Yeah. So it's going to be an exciting journey through the rest of this series in particular. And, you know, as whenever we do finish this series up, we'll move on to the next one or next, whatever you end up choosing. And that'll be exciting too. So when we get there, we'll probably talk more about that and why you chose that particular sermon series. But it's great to hear a little bit about how you do it in general and why you chose Sermon on the Mount. So thank you, Pastor Doug, for sharing. Uh, For now, that's it for us this week. We will hopefully catch you guys next week. And until then, have a wonderful week. I said week a lot.